Hey, you guys hang out for the next hour. It is Power to the People on Radio Phoenix here with Glenn Miller and Chris Felton, the show that gets into the connections of politics to broader culture. And today we are getting deep into the subject of elections. Power to the People, an evocation of democracy, of course. And the way the people's power is reflected is through elections. We're going to get into the details of that with our guest today, Mr. Mark Robert Gordon, a political activist here in Arizona, also in Washington, D.C. He is also a uh, a part-time actor. We might talk a little bit about that, about politics and film. Um, He has lectured on uh, election integrity issues throughout the state of Arizona. He is also a former candidate for uh, Secretary of State, the Democratic nomination in 2018. Of course, lost that primary to Katie Hobbs, your Secretary of State here in Arizona. And uh, we're going to talk about issues uh, outside of Arizona, where he's been active on some of these issues. Uh, He is an attorney, uh, practices law out of District of Columbia, my old home, as you guys may know. And... um, I'm going to let uh, Mark uh, flesh out. Oh, Mark's also a member of the state committee, I think, from the Scottsdale regions. Um, we're both on the state committee, see each other at, at, at those meetings. And he is going to flesh out a little bit more about his background related to the subject of what we call generally election integrity. Mark, what have I missed that's important for our listeners to know? Uh I managed to get here today. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. You're, you hobbled in your crutches. I really appreciate that. You're determined. I appreciate it. I appreciate the opportunity to speak here. Uh, uh, I'm from Phoenix mm-hmm. uh, I, I originally. I'm grew up I, I grew up. I went to public schools here. Uh, have always had a home here. Uh, went to Central High School. Went to the Osborne School District schools. Uh, very much in favor of public education. Many members of my family uh, immediate and extended our teachers. Uh, we saw democracy in action last legislative session with the Red for Ed movement. And uh, that was something that was very important to me to see f- proper funding to our schools. Uh, Arizona is only going to succeed uh, and continue to grow economically and otherwise if we properly educate our entire population. And that means having equity in schools uh, and in funding. So that's a big issue for me. Uh, so I'm from Phoenix, and uh, I was a candidate for Secretary of State. I withdrew candidacy prior to the primary. Uh, it clearly was the year of the woman. We raised money quickly. We didn't raise enough. I, I had gotten in late. Uh, we didn't raise enough at that point to win, and I backed my opponent. And am happy that we have an office, an election office in Arizona that once again cares about making sure that everyone's right to vote is secured. And that's the, the that's the prime function of that office is in, should be encouraging the vote and increasing the vote in terms of the election responsibilities of that office. Mm-hmm. Well, I I can't remember if it was maybe two or three years ago. You came into Prescott, my my home there, where I represent uh, the state committee from Yavapai County, and you gave a a very a really interesting lecture on on the, some of these issues, what we call election integrity, which to some people sounds about as boring as watching snails race, but uh, you made it very interesting. Um, basically, why why does this subject of election integrity why does it matter? And maybe. You can talk about the most important areas that we need to focus on in, here in Arizona and maybe get into the broadly the U.S. and maybe this particular states, because I know you just got back from Louisiana. 
I did. I did. They had their statewide elections uh, earlier this month. Uh, Louisiana, like Arizona, was formerly under federal preclearance guidelines, which means that it, it was a state that, per the Voting Rights Act, when uh, Sections 4B and 5 of the 40, Voting Rights Act were being enforced uh, prior to a Supreme Court case in 2013 called Shelby County v. Holder, uh, Louisiana and Arizona were under these preclearance guidelines, which means that anything, any law, any regulation, anything policy that could possibly touch elections or impact elections had to be pre-cleared by the court system or the, by the Department of Justice because of historic patterns in those states or certain counties and municipalities around the country. But with Louisiana and Arizona, states that had a historic pattern of discrimination, whether intentional or just by impact. Uh, Louisiana, uh, in former Confederate state in the Deep South, uh, Voting Rights Act of 1965, you can imagine why Louisiana was in there. Arizona might be a surprise to people, but Arizona and Alaska were added shortly after the Voting Rights Act was passed because those states, our, our great state, had a history, unfortunately, of uh, challenges to people and their right to vote based upon their race or ethnicity. And now we no longer have that. Uh, this 2013 Supreme Court case, Shelby County v. Holder, the U.S. Supreme Court overturned uh, the federal district court in finding that the data that was being used to show Shelby County, which is where Birmingham is, uh, that Shelby County had the same discriminatory patterns in 2010 when the case began as it did in the 1980s when the data used by the Justice Department was put into place. And according to the Supreme Court, because the data was so old, we don't know that people and society and this community hadn't changed. And therefore, applying the standards under the Voting Rights Act to old data was held unconstitutional. So you may have heard in the news that the Voting Rights Act has been gutted. Well, in my opinion, what actually happened is they said that, bring us new data. Show us that, that the conditions that forced a government to have to go to be babysat in some ways, uh, show us that that, still, that pattern still exists today, whether intentional or just by impact. And so all jurisdictions, the, third, the, the various states that were under the uh, preclearance guidelines of the Voting Rights Act, the municipalities, the counties, they were all taken out from under its umbrella based upon that Supreme Court decision. Now, a few places have gone back under federal preclearance guidelines. In Texas, a few counties uh, went under, uh, I believe elsewhere as well, and that is because new data was accumulated showing that there was a an intentional or impactful uh, harm to people based upon a, a protected class of people. And that's present day. That's present day. This is after the 2013 Shelby County v. Holder case. So in that case, those jurisdictions got placed back under federal guidelines because the data was new. What is the data? The data is when you have poll observers in the polls among other things, but it's when you have poll observers that are credentialed by the political parties to go inside the polls and watch, and they can document what is going on. And then it goes up to the county elections officials or the state election officials, 
and it becomes part of the record. And when you have enough of a record built, you can evaluate. When you don't have people participating, doing their duty monitoring, you don't have the data to be built by which you can make sure that the system is working appropriately for everyone and that the, that it is one person, one vote, and that everyone has equal opportunity to the franchise. That's why it's so important for people not only to go vote, but to get involved in terms of monitoring the vote and making uh, getting credentialed and making sure that there is data. What happened here in Arizona after Shelby County v. Holder uh, made national news. We had six-hour lines, six-hour lines Maricopa County. in Maricopa County yep. in the last presidential preference election, which is our form of a presidential primary. Uh, March 2016. Uh, you remember it. And six-hour lines. That affected Democrats and Republicans so, uh, that had to wait in lines. But how that happened is that because Arizona used to be get preclearance from the federal government on anything that touched elections, but because that was lifted due to the old data that was shown in Shelby County v. Holder, Arizona was left to its own devices. And the state legislature cut funding to the counties. Uh, and the counties in their wisdom, uh, Maricopa County Board of Supervisors cut funding specifically aimed for elections. The former, I want to say that, the former uh, county recorder in Maricopa County, uh, Helen Purcell, uh, her office came up with a plan to reduce 205 polling sites to 60. And I remind you that Maricopa County is the fourth most populous county in the country. I believe it's the 15th largest landmass county in the country. And the fastest growing, I understand. And it's the fastest growing. So imagine, and we've, we've been a, a growing county and state for a long time. So imagine what that did. Uh, that plan to reduce it to 60 voting centers had greater convenience in places where people can use their car to get to a, a polling site and were in populations uh, where the average income was above a relatively modest 35000 a year versus communities and and areas of Maricopa County where the population earned less than $35,000 a year. Yeah, just let me interject. And all this happened without any review by the Federal Department of Justice, if I understand it correctly, because of that Supreme Court decision. Correct. 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 Uh, and, and that's because uh, we didn't have data. So that's why it's imperative for people to participate and to go to both main political parties, uh, third parties, uh, to see if you can help be a poll observer. I have, I have done that. And another thing I've done, and this is something I just wanted to mention as a positive about Arizona compared to a lot of states, is uh, we have a paper trail. And I have done uh, reviews several times up in Yavapai County uh, doing a hand count uh, in elections, following an election, in order to confirm that the electronic, you know, count that was done um, matches up. Uh, they, they basically take samples. You know it better than I do, uh, Mark, that they, they take samples of uh, ballots hand, uh, and, and confirm that, you know, it, it's, it's legit and that it matches up with that hand record. So uh, go ahead, Chris. You wanted to say something. I'm curious. So Yavapai County is compared to Maricopa is small. Oh, much smaller. Yeah, it's, a, it's like so, about a 20th of Maricopa County. So how, how, how practical is that to do that in a county as large as Maricopa County? Go ahead, Mark. Uh, first off, 
it's very good having a paper trail here because things can be audited uh, and auditing is important. We have such a high population county here that the way that we run the system here is it's decentralized in Arizona to the counties to run the elections. It's not run from the Secretary of State's office. They have oversight, but it's run by the counties. Uh, There are people that would love to see uh, counts happen at the poll sites. I don't know that that's practical. Uh, It may be. Uh, It would take funding. Funding would cure a whole lot of everything. Uh, If there was proper funding for elections, and elections are important, then you'd be able to do a lot more counting at the poll sites without the paper having to to travel. The way it works in Maricopa County, there's a cartridge that comes out in the machine. There's a paper trail with the actual ballot, but they're tabulated onto this cartridge. It's all transported back to the county uh, recorder's office, and that's where they do the counting. And then there's a hand count process that happens after the election day. We don't count all the about votes. Uh, he mentioned, he used the correct word, audit, as I understand it. Uh, and so, that's so just, it was a sample. So we take samples of so votes. So it's not and, physically, everyone is not physically counted. So would you say that it's it would be easy to fraud, commit fraud with that? No. Yeah. Uh, it, it, uh, I, my job and my role is to temper concerns. Uh, there is a reason to be concerned about election integrity. There's a, a reason to be concerned about uh, what is clearly a, a, a great and grand attempt by a foreign and hostile government to influence our elections and to intercede. Here in Arizona, they didn't actually succeed in doing so. They attempted it. They just didn't get, because of the firewalls, they didn't get through. The voting machines in all 15 counties are not tied into a mainframe computer such that if you, you would have to go through so many levels to be able to break in. And, and they simply didn't succeed in doing so. That doesn't mean we shouldn't be concerned. I think the former Secretary of State, uh, Michelle Reagan, had said that concerns over Russian hacking are overblown. I think that's very unfortunate. I think we need to be vigilant. We're going to take a brief break here and come back to this fascinating discussion on election integrity issues here with Mark Robert Gordon. Be right back. Stay tuned.
One way you can support Radio Phoenix is by becoming one of our members. For as little as $35 per year, members receive discounts, savings, and other benefits provided by our membership program partners. And don't forget, the membership fee is tax deductible. For more information or to sign up, call 480-829-5746 or go online to RadioPhoenix.org. Click on the support tab at the top and then become a member on the drop-down menu. We thank you for your generous support of Community Radio. All right, guys, we are coming right back here with more of this fascinating interview with our guest, Mark Robert Gordon, talking about election integrity issues. We have been getting in-depth into things that have been going on in Arizona, like that crazy primary, March 2016. You guys in Maricopa County, you probably know what I'm talking about, you guys who vote. Uh, in Maricopa County. So um, anyhow, um, I, uh, you follow up with where you were folk just talking about, uh, Mark, if you can remember <laughs> where you were. I'm sorry we had right to take there. a break, but go ahead. Uh, what, what was the question that you wanted me to go on to? I was explaining that Arizona's, uh, that Maricopa County experienced those long lines. Right. Because of the reduction in poll sites, mm-hmm. because of the placement in the poll sites, because basically the reduction in funding mm-hmm. that happened for elections as a result of Shelby County Beholder. And that's why it's important that we continue to be vigilant in that regard to have people be poll observers and what have you. The question was about uh, the security of our elections. They get pinged. I, I've spoken with people in the current Secretary of State's office. They get pinged by bots uh, by attempts to get into the system every day. Mark, Mark, if I may interrupt, I'm pinged. Can you define what you mean by ping? Uh, You know, I'm not a a technician in that regard, but it means that there are indications uh, technically that there are, there is not a steady stream of, uh, of, uh, I'm trying to think how to explain this. Uh, that there's evidence that there's some interference uh, in terms of something hitting into the system and trying to get to get into the system. We get spam email, right? Everybody has, gets spam email. Think of it that way. There's there's something that's spam email. Now hidden in that spam may be virus latent spam. Like that's, a mal- that, you mean like a malware? Like malware, like exactly. Or something else is trying to to get information out. I guess malware gets installed in your computer and extracts. It extracts and then it also uh, gets installed in your computer and it, it can do other things as well. Uh, so so but, the question here, uh, uh, there's been no successful hack of the Arizona election system. So I want to give confidence to people that their vote counts, go out and vote. The uh, There is a paper trail for everything uh, in Arizona. Uh, all counties use, use paper in addition to whatever technology is employed, it's not on a mainframe. We have not been hacked. That said, we need to be vigilant uh, because there's not a question that there's going to be attempts. doesn't mean that all these pings are actual attempts to hack the election system, um, but there are going to be attempts. We've, it's already been attempted. The 2018, uh, 2016 election showed that. Uh, what we can do is do everything we can to prevent those attempts from being successful. And again, that takes funding. That takes leadership. That takes the federal government uh, beyond the additional HAVA money that they recently uh, gave to the states. That takes federal leadership being concerned about 
the integrity of our elections, not making up uh, false things that show that one person got more votes than the other or like the Presidential Election Commission was trying to do uh, after the 2016 election. No, we need leadership that is concerned that there are hostile foreign governments or hostile forces out there that want to interfere with our democratic republic. And the population should be concerned about it. But they should be so concerned that they go out and exercise that franchise. They should be concerned that that doesn't stop them from voting and from participating and from monitoring.